window. What's up, Queen? We're going somewhere where what else has never gone. Going to Sebastian. Sebastian. And now, when I think of Sebastian, I think of the mamas and the papas, Jillian's favorite character in The Little Mermaid, I think. Maybe it is Ariel. I, think I don't of, know if it's uh, you Sebastian. Know, 5, candles the wind, yeah. 5,000 candles in the wind. Yeah. little Sebastian. <laughs> there's always so much, in our hearts. Always, there's a lot of Sebastian out there, but never thought there would be a Sebastian in Florida. But there is. There mm-hmm. is. There is. So where is Sebastian? Do you? Sebastian is uh, It's on the east coast of Florida. It is, uh, you know, the southern part of, I guess, what would be, what would be considered what is considered the Space Coast. Yeah. Uh, we've So what ails has done inter, Intracoastal Brewing, yeah. which is in Melbourne. And we've done Walking Tree, yeah. done in Vero. And this is like smack dab between the two. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're, yeah, we're basically the meat of the sandwich that would be uh, Melbourne and, and Vero. Mm-hmm. And guys, if you could hear the the wind that's coming through the microphones, we apologize, but I'm not sorry. No, this is actually yeah, really it's pretty. Out here. Yeah. We're sitting here, we're looking at some of the barrier <laughs> islands and sandbars. And it, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. This is this is awesome. The 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 birds are out. The the wind is here, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, we are right across the street from our destination, and that's uh, Paradolia. Paradolia Brewing Company. Yeah, we're going in there, and and I don't want to give away the name. Right. Because I am fascinated by what is a par- what a Paradolia is. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give the whole it away. Concept of it. Yeah, the whole concept of it, and uh, I I know when I. Th- me growing up, the whole idea of what's real and what's not, what the image, what your mind plays with, your mind plays tricks on you by the Ghetto Boys. Uh, that kind of like what I, it's awesome to think that there's a brewery named this. So I'm going to let, uh, so we're going to meet up with Pete Anderson today. Pete Anderson is your rear brewer and uh, we're going to hang out with him, see if there's anybody on the mic because they're closed on Monday. So it might just be him, but we're going to go in, uh, do this interview and find out what these beers are about because mm-hmm. they're the only ones in Sebastian. They really are. They're the yeah. only ones here. But their neighbors, I think the closest neighbors are Walking Tree and uh, Intracoastal. Yeah, think, Intracoastal's up, but that's uh, about, I don't know, 20, 25 20, minutes north yeah, of here? Yeah, I would yeah. say so. And then, uh, and then I guess Walking Tree would be 15, 20 minutes south. So, yeah, I think they're in good hands. But let's see if those other guys, Intracoastal and uh, Walking Tree, are good hands with Pete. So, all right, we're going to go in. Uh, try some beers, and then we'll uh, we'll definitely catch up on the outro to see uh, what we thought. Yeah, can't right. wait. In the last month, uh, two of my most intriguing, intriguing brewery names would be Ellipsis, and then you guys. So we haven't said the name yet. Uh, as we're starting the interview, but uh, just to kind of get it out there, because when, when we when we hear this word, people go, what the hell is that? But me, <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. This is something for decades. I purposely will look around and see if I notice something that's not there, a face, like, and mostly this is where it comes from. So um, let's start with that. Paradolia. Like, Paradolia. what is this? Yeah. So what does this uh, mean? Let's explain it to the audience. What um, this means. It's actually, I think it's got Greek origins and it's a psychology term. And it means to make a pattern out of chaos, essentially. Mm-hmm. Our brains are hardwired to make sense of the world. Most people would be familiar when someone sees Jesus in toast. There you go. Um, yep. But, you know, look up at the clouds. It looks like an animal. And so whatever random patterns there are, people's brains try to make it into something familiar. Mm-hmm. And faces seem to be the most uh, common thing that people see. 
So that's kind of where we came up with our motto, which is face it, beer is good. Love it. Uh, one of my favorite directors of all time, David Lynch. He's very much into that with his art and even in his like Twin Peaks, the owls are not what they seem, you know, just to look past of what's in front of you right. and to make like a bigger, and the show Lost. I always expected to have a lot of that in there and they technically never did because right. there's times where you would wa- I would watch an episode and be like, all right, we're going to see something like a flash of something and like, oh no, it just happened to be like a pattern in the beer, you know, so right, right. no, 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 no. Like, but yeah, I love it. Love it. Um, I love but I guess mostly when we, I guess it was the 70s, a lot of therapists or when it comes to mental, you would hold up the ink blots and they would just be like, what do you see? Or, right. you know, and, and they would just, make a general assumption about your entire personality exactly, and what you see in ink blots. Based on that. So <laughs> uh, when I heard of this brewery, I was at 1010 and I saw the sticker. And I did, I did not know really, when I looked at the sticker, there was no location. I was like, that's a badass name of a, of a brewery, <laughs> and you guys are here locally. So uh, I have the honor of uh, sitting down. So, Pete, you are our brewer here, head brewer and owner. Mm-hmm. And Lee, say hello, Lee. Sorry, we're taking over the whole thing. How are you that's doing, buddy? That's quite all right. Hello. <laughs> and you're assistant brewer to the to the, I'm, I'm to the volunteer assistant uh, brewer. Okay. Well, uh, guys, welcome to What Ails You. This is thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for reaching out because this is our Never Been in Sebastian uh, we're in Sebastian, Florida, so we've been to the furthest south, I would say, is Walking Tree, which okay. are about 20 minutes from yeah, you guys. Yeah, about 20 minutes from Yeah, us. and then uh, Intracoastal, Melbourne, about maybe 25, 25 minutes, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so now we're in the middle. We're in Sebastian. What is Sebastian? Where is Sebastian? And uh, why Sebastian? Uh, why Sebastian? Well, let's see. We'll start with where we are. We are, like you said, uh, we're smack dab between Vero Beach and, and Melbourne. Yeah. And uh, we looked at the, the brewery map a couple of years ago and realized that if we open our first brewery in town, we will be the only dot on the map. Right. Uh, there, okay. there wasn't a whole lot between there. Still isn't. We're still the only brewery uh, at this point. Um, and why Sebastian? Uh, we found ourselves, my wife and I, Lynn, who uh, co-founded Paradoli Brewing with me, um, because we had lived out west, west coast, California, Oregon, Washington. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in New Jersey. New Jersey? <laughs> so what brought you out to, so first California, right? You moved out to California uh, on the west coast first? I actually went uh, birth, then uh, shortly after that, my family moved to Florida. Okay. Uh, down south a little bit. And then after high school, I packed a car, surfboard, you know, Get out. blah, 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 awesome. and looked at a map and said, all right, I want to go see the other coast. Nice. And so that led to uh, 20 years or so living on the West Coast. Um, Much better so waves, right? Much better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. surf was better. Yeah. More expensive. A lot more good beer, that's for sure, <laughs> uh, which is important. At that so, time. <laughs> yeah. So when we moved to, uh, when we moved back to Florida to be closer to family, realized there in 2000. Uh, four, there was just really almost no craft beer in the state. And because my wife and I would drive wherever we had to, to go find some craft beer while living in Florida because we were suffering withdrawals. And Lynn's uh, into it as well. She's really into the... Oh, yeah. We yeah. used to we used to make beer on the stovetop way okay. back in the day when we first so started she would brewing. So like, she, she would home brew with you. Oh, yeah. Rad. Absolutely. Awesome. And so uh, we decided, why are we driving everywhere to go find good beer when... Uh, we make our own good beer, mm-hmm. and Sebastian seemed like it was receptive. Uh, times had changed, and it just seemed like if we don't do it, someone else will, and we felt qualified to to bring a piece of the West Coast over here, really. Just Excellent. Our, our flavors, our, our, 
our tastes in beer. Uh, and it was it was just kind of cool to to be on the ground floor. We saw the the, the trends that were uh, starting up in Florida that had already been around. I mean, craft beer is old news out west. Mm-hmm. So to be in a place, especially a small town like this, where there was zero craft beer, uh, we felt like it was a pretty cool opportunity for us to really introduce people to a whole different world. And I love that when we think about home brewing, uh, we think about going to our local little stop grabbing some supplies that we need. We're in Sebastian. Yeah. What happens? Are we, because uh, it's even before, like I would say being able to ship all the stuff to you as if there's right. like a website where it's like, hey, the homebrewingoutlet.com uh, or something like that. So right. somebody now just bought that domain. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, where were you getting your supplies for the, the home brewing? Um, early on, there was a, a home brew store up in West Melbourne. It was a good 40 minute drive to go okay. there. Uh, but uh, we have another friend, Jim Scortino, who was very instrumental in helping us open our first location. Okay. Uh, he had been brewing for over 20 years, and he had all, done all of his brewing in Florida. Okay. So he understood the challenges with temperature controls, water quality, ingredients, freshness, things like that. Well, uh, he brewed with me for probably over a year and okay. helped, uh, helped me uh, get the other place going. He ended up opening a home brew store here in Sebastian. I was just going to ask that. There you go. So I was going to Scor- say, where's Jim now? Give a awesome. shout out to uh, Scortino and Son Homebrew Supplies. Uh, and now the, the homebrew area, homebrew club in this area. Uh, is the Boilover Boys. Um, I'm one of the founding members of that. Are you? Okay. And like Pete, I was born in New Jersey and I moved to Florida a long, long time ago when I was five and told the parents that they could come with me if they wanted to and leave the sister up there. <laughs> unfortunately, awesome. Older or younger sister? Younger. Okay. But unfortunately, they, we all came down to South Florida also, Fort okay. Lauderdale. Okay. I lived Started home bit. brewing there. Nice. And uh, that was um, in the early years of home brewing in Florida. Okay. Um, Those were the Wild West <clears throat> days back yeah. then, I'm sure. <laughs> so, Using uh, bread yeast yeah. and whatever you can get your hands on. Oh, I know. And then when we... Uh, when I re- my wife and I retired, we moved up to to this area, and um, I started home brewing again. I had stopped for a couple of years, and I was ordering stuff from Orlando. Then Brock's opened up and started going to a local one mm-hmm. relatively, and actually that's how I met Pete because he became a sponsor and promoted nice. our homebrew club. Has a competition every year where the winning homebrewer gets to come in and brew a batch of beer that we serve here. That's excellent. That's excellent. And this is happening a lot more with breweries. And I think being the only one in a small, well, Sebastian, home of the Pelican Island is what it's called, right? Yeah. And uh, The first I, national wildlife refuge in the d- country. There you go. And they also say uh, basically home of the friendly people and six six grouchy people or six old right. grouchy people. Right. Do we know those six grouchy people? Oh, do yeah. They, do they come in here? Uh, I think yeah. it changes day to day. The story I heard about that was that... Uh, yeah, what is know, the story? I'm interested. The, apparently, the grouches were these pelicans actually sitting out uh, on a dock okay. near a, a fish house. Okay. And they would fight over who had priority near the fish house. But right. I don't know. That seems like a cover story. In it my is. Opinion. Yeah, no, they're, they're still living here. Those six grouches are walking, walking around. So you guys met... Um, was it for you to, Lee, was it for you to brew here, or were you just saying, no, how did this happen? How did this match up? Well, become? Jim had gone on to um, oh, his other business, mm-hmm. and um, 
Pete was doing all the brewing by himself, and so okay. he started an intern program and, and had people coming in, and uh, after so many hours of helping him do the brewing, cleaning, kegging, all that, um, he let him brew a beer. That's excellent. Um, and so I was always around because it was my favorite brew because it was the only one. And <laughs> that helps. That helps being the only yeah. either. But I, I, I do love craft beer. And so I was always there. The homebrew club was meeting, and we had the competitions, got to know Pete and Lynn quite well. And um, I said, well, I'll intern with you. And finally, I, he says, well, you got your hours. And I said, ah, don't worry about it. I'll just keep helping you. Because being retired, I fill my time uh, volunteering. And it's, and it's grown from there. Yeah. He's been a huge help. I mean, way beyond. I think the, the internship I got from a brewery out west, uh, just like bring in new people, let them help you out, and then they can brew a beer with you. Yeah. It's kind of repaying them. But I think it was 30 hours, and Lee had put in so much more than that. And then, like you said, it just, uh, it just kind of developed into more of a partnership. I and love that. That's awesome. Good, good. So. And it's crazy when you're patient and you're willing just to do it, and it's the passion that makes you keep driving to do it. Uh, what beers are there any on tap right now that you that you have had or no we've only had one of my yeah. recipes okay. on and predominantly because um, what we do once a year Pete has the homebrew club come over and we actually during his chili cook-off we are nice. out there brewing and okay. showing people the different ways mm -hmm. people can brew at their homes talking to about it teaching them and and then about eight weeks later, we come back with our beers and we serve them to people after they come oh, in so and cool. have, a, have a beer here. And when yeah. is that? When is that chili cook-off uh, usually? That's coming up in, I believe it's coming up in the end of March. Okay. Yeah. I believe so, okay. the end of March. We tie it to the chili cook-off, but we also tied it, uh, started, this will be our fourth year doing it, I think. It's fourth, yep. And we also turned it into a homebrew demo day. So we've got uh, homebrewers, uh, like Lee said, many of whom he's he's worked with or trained or helped uh, instruct them how to make beer. So they're out uh, brewing beer on site, and then also we announce the winners to the home brew competition at the Chili Cook-Off, awesome. which okay. is a charity event, and it's continuing to grow to where we think it may out. We may outgrow our space for doing the Chili Cook-Off. We may have to move it to the local park. Well, so how long? Okay, so we were just a few, like a half a mile, quarter mile down the road, right? So now we're here in this new spot. Uh, comparisons, let's talk about it. So how much <laughs> smaller, was it bigger or smaller? This seems to be bigger to me here, but what, let's compare and contrast like both sides, uh, both, both places. Well, we went into a small strip mall, mm -hmm. um, virtually invisible. Uh, you couldn't really see us from the main roads, US 1 or Indian River Drive. We were in a tucked away in this back plaza. Uh, so we, we literally were invisible. Okay. Um, but our entire space there was 1,200 square feet. That Man. included restrooms, tasting area, brewery, walk-in, and kitchen. We had a kitchen as well. Our brew room was essentially a 10 by 10 room. We had a three barrel Man. system and we were pumping out 4,000 gallons a year out of a 10 by 10 room. That's impressive. I mean, it really is. And it, most people said that we couldn't even survive. They're like, you can't yeah. run a brewery in that size. No, and no. so that just got us even more excited to make it work. And so uh, where we are now, uh, what was this before? Because I feel like there's history here. 
there is history. This yeah. is a great old building, like you said earlier. We're only a couple blocks north of our old place. We finally outgrew it. This is uh, the original post office. Oh, Sebastian's okay. post office. Awesome. So it has that municipal feel when you walk up outside. Yeah. Very, uh, very square mm-hmm. I was and angular. Like, yeah. I love it. Uh, and then after that, for many years, it was a hardware store. Okay. Uh, so it has that vibe going on. And uh, after that, there was, uh, I think there was a resale shop in here right before we came in. But uh, we actually, a couple of our beers that we'll be maybe talking about that we're giving mm-hmm. you, you guys access to, uh, we named one 32958, which is our zip code, okay. which is mm-hmm. kind of an ode to this used to be a post office. And we also have... Oh, that's smart. Yes, yes. That makes we sense. also have one that Lee came up with the name. It's a black IPA called Nuts and Bolts. Okay. Uh, to owe the hardware store. That's yeah. awesome. So there is definitely history here. So. I love that. Uh, history, of, passion, heart. Yeah, a bunch of our customers, new customers, I might add, first times in, this one guy was just waxing on about how cool it was that we named a beer after the zip code here in Sebastian since it was the post office. Yeah, okay. that's so and cool. he goes, so what are you going to do for... I don't know the when it was the hardware store. <laughs> it's a scam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we were brewing another beer, and I said, "What about nuts and bolts? We've got the post office covered. We'll get the the hardware store." And it's a great name, covered. and I I dig that because the walls speak, you know, and it's just oh, kind of yeah. like you know you you have that, and the walls have been here since day one, and oh, you know yeah. you wanna you wanna give homage to the building. I think that's awesome, and I love the idea. Actually. Technically, we never ever really do this, so uh, the three two nine five eight is right here. Uh, so, yeah, do you mind me tasting it just two, to see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Instead of going back to be like, you know. And this and was uh, this recipe was in my head. We uh, four of us took a quick trip up to Vermont and we tasted. We you talked about mm-hmm. earlier uh, the Alchemist and yeah. some of the really respected breweries in New England. We wanted to go up there and really sample what Vermont had. So we visited 21 breweries in four days. I think Lee said three and a half days. Yep. Holy cow, uh, really? Yeah. yeah, and luckily neither one, neither of us had to drive. We had a designated driver <laughs> yeah, who put a lot that. of miles on. I think we put almost 600 miles on in, in I think it was, yeah, about four days. That is impressive. But uh, just impressive. tasting what they were doing and, and getting a feel for what was going on up in that area, That this 329 favorite was the first recipe in my head on the plane. We were coming home. So so what am I about to taste? What, what's inside here? Uh, mosaic and Citra, yes. which is like dominant up in New England mm-hmm. IPAs. Yep. Um, so that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that citrus on the nose. Uh, you're going to get a little hot bitterness on the finish, but it's mm-hmm. uh, almost all late edition hops. So you're going to get more of that juicy uh, citrus flavor up front. Um, oh, man, smooth. And it's only, well, I say only, it's only a little over 7% ABV, okay. but mm-hmm. uh, this is a dangerous beer for, for the regulars who come in here because they, they can't taste the alcohol. You cannot. It. It's smooth, man. This is really smooth. You throw a couple back and then you, you yep. realize, <laughs> I should have gone home an hour ago. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, that's become our best-selling beer. Uh, we're just starting now to distribute that mm. along the Treasure Coast. Okay. Uh, we've yeah. pushed it out up in Brevard County now um, a few times. So we're just ramping up in our new location. That's the other thing. We just needed to step up our production. There you go, right. And we've pretty much tripled it just coming over here. Really? So how long have we been in this new spot? Uh, we moved in November. November. So just Holy a cow. couple months ago. Yeah. 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 And in that amount of time, just... Just the first two months uh, that we were in here, 
we were 29% over last year's production just in those two months. Okay. So uh, we're looking forward to a lot more beer and, and getting a little more distribution uh, footprint out there. So now that you guys are here um, and we have bigger space, we've had guest taps. Um, with, uh, you guys have done like Florida guest taps. Will that start to weed out when you are now doing more brewing? I mean, it might have to happen. I think, yeah, we only have a five-barrel system, so there's always that balance between, you know, what tasting room sales are and what you send out the door. Um, but I think just because customers have come to like the the variety that we offer, Okay. Uh, yeah, most will come in and, and look for our beer and... Mm -hmm. and They'll have at least one or two of ours, but if I can find something that I've heard was really good or go. that I've tried somewhere else and it's another Florida brewery especially, I want to expose people to that because Very chances good. are good, then they'll go and seek out that brewery or if they see it somewhere else, they'll try it again. So I feel like Florida brewer, brewers as a whole really prop each other up. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and I, this it's so was, cool. Now, for you guys, this is kind of a, a crazy question to ask because I ask it every time. But we are really smack dab in the middle of having 20, 20 miles, 20 minutes away. And then, you know, with uh, Walking Tree and then Donald over there at, uh, Intra, at Intra, yeah. Intracoastal. Um, great. Let's hope community is good. But it's not really community right now because it's not so close. Right. So how, what's it like having breweries a little further than hoping that you could have some closer? Because the community is fantastic. It always right. has been. But... Um, how are they? Are, are they receptive to you? Oh, yeah. Most Actually, right? uh, when we were even thinking of opening the brewery, because um, Jim, who we mentioned earlier, his son was real good friends with Donald and Intracoastal guys. Mm -hmm. um, I said, we should go up there and tell them we're looking to open a brewery. I said, just let them know. Even yeah, though they're yeah. 25, 30 minutes away, those guys were pioneers in their area. Let's go up and tell them we're going right. to open a brewery so there's no surprises. And, you know, of course, same thing that I now say to people when they want to open a brewery, just make good beer. That's all they said, just make good beer. Yeah. And uh, so we're friends with all of them. I, I would say that I'm friends with, you know, Lee's as well. We're friends with all the brewers, at least within an hour of Sebastian. You should. Much. We've already done some collaborations awesome. with both. Oh, yeah. Helen Blazes, Intercoastal, Yeah, Bug Nutty. Good yeah. guys, man. Sailfish, I did a couple yeah. uh, collabs with them. Uh, just it's just a nice community, you know. If somebody needs, uh, I needed a package of yeast. I went down to Walking Tree, and, and Mike was quick to hand it over yes. and help me out. Uh, Jim, you know, in his home brew store, I needed just a couple pounds of a specialty grain, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, come on over, no problem." And so everybody just helps each other out. And, that's what uh, I love about beer, and that's what I love about this. I mean, honestly. Every time I tell people about the podcast, like, what is it? Well, I don't want to hear technical stuff about beer. And it's like, no, we're just shooting the shit, having yeah. a conversation as if somebody is at the bar listening to you going, oh, the brewers are never really out there. You know, you, right. you, you get here at what, 6 a.m.? <laughs> you probably will leave here about 6 p.m., 7 p.m. On a good day. Like, on a good day. <laughs> yeah. And you leave, you go home, you want to be with the family. And as much as you would love to tell everybody about your beer, you're making it. Right. You're busy making it. And you're busy trying to make sure you can come back the next day loving what you're doing instead of oh, saying, all right, yeah. let me spend three hours in the tap room oh, yeah. talking to everybody. And so that's why I love this is to be able to sit down with you guys. And so they learn more about you. And every episode we do, we just go, 
man, it just gets more friendlier and community more and family more. And it's I get awesome. that from here. And also, I love this spot because I have not seen a tap room like this. And anybody who's on the on the East Coast, like you said, Treasure Coast, um, pop in because I love the feel. It just has this. Most Florida breweries want to be bright, shiny. Hey, look at us. <laughs> I love the feel that it's more like intimate. It's quieter. I like that the no sun's, TVs. No TVs. <laughs> the, the sun's not beaten down. It's just I like the I love the Christmas lights feel. So it's just like I love this. This is a really really cool spot. We wanted it to feel like a refuge. You know, I mean, it can be hot and sunny all the time in Florida, uh, and really for Lynn and I, uh, we we would go to so many places like this in Oregon, Washington, uh, California. Um, we figured that you know a lot of those other kinds of places have already been here the sports bars and mm -hmm. the tiki bars and they're all great and you know I have nothing against them but we would come to places like this they were darker mm -hmm. cozier you felt cozier. like you hide away from the world a little bit uh, as soon as you walk in the door you know you're you're okay and now was the other spot like that was it did it feel it was too? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a sleeper most yeah. people because it was a strip mall you know from the mm -hmm. outside it looked strip mall yeah but the moment they would walk in almost to a person they would kind of do this oh wow wow it, it was like stepping into this other world see we just did that last week with 81 bay Strip oh, mall. Oh, Strip mall. You, you that pull place in. is unreal. And it's like a tiny little door. Yeah, once you open that door. Oh, oh it's a universe. Oh, yeah. God. You were like, holy shit, this is massive. Like, Huge. it's a football field size. Like, Yeah, huge. that's how I describe it to people. I'm like, this place was as big as an indoor football stadium. Yeah, it is insane. And it is rad. They utilize every inch of that place. I mean, not really, because then you could put more tanks oh, in there. Yeah. But they, so much more room. Too. So much more room. But oh, they, they still try to utilize every spot of it now that we're kind of following them on, I mean, we are definitely following them on Instagram, but more of I'm um, looking into it and seeing their stories on Instagram, I got to see how a band does play in there, and it really felt like a little venue, like a real venue, and I was mm -hmm. like, you guys got it going on. Here, love this, you utilize every seat that you could get here, oh, and I, yeah. I think it's, this is so cozy, this is so awesome. We have awesome. to move a couple tables when we have the music they yep. play over mm -hmm. there, but, um we we want we didn't want to go too big and we obviously with my wife and I financing everything we certainly didn't have the the big deep pocket uh, no, this is investors it. we had investors offer but we we respectfully declined because we didn't want you. anything to change okay good and so yeah this was compared to our old place <laughs> this feels I remember telling uh, Lee, he's like, someday I want to do a cartwheel in the brew room because like I said our old brew room is a <laughs> ten by ten and I'm right. six five so. Uh, yeah, I when, yet, when I walked up to you, I was like, oh, shit, yes. I have yet boy. to do that cartwheel, but someday we're going to get it on video because I have yeah, a feeling it will probably go viral. I, yep, I have the, I have the <laughs> phone in my pocket. I do, I do tease that uh, the reason he asked me to be his assistant brewer is because, while well, he's 6'5", I'm <laughs> the antithesis, I'm 5'6". Yeah. So I get the low jobs and he gets the high jobs. Yeah. If he's not around, then I... Use leg extenders. You and I, you and I are mostly cleaning out the tape, the mash. We're like, because right. we are arms length of doing that. So. That's the running joke. Everything at Paradolia is like taller than it should be, and I'm like, well, it's about damn time. It's uh, the the pub. In case your next question is, how does this relate as far as the atmosphere with the old one? 
we went to a lot of work to make this one look as much like the old pub as we could. Good. Uh, Good. The, the open ceilings painted black. Um, this is the bar from the oh, from so the old we pub. We, we actually moved nice. it over. Good, good, uh, we good. had a new frame built, but we went ahead and attached everything to it. I was, I was going to be, which is interesting that you caught me on that. It was going to be my next question. What from there was brought here? Everything. And everything, right? You have to. Except like you the said. brew system. Except for the brew system. Okay. okay. Which is kind of funny. Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to keep that as a pilot system. And uh, I ended up just deciding we just we, we need the space for, for everything new. And so a little bit of our brew equipment now is spread all over Florida. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, a cider works down south. He got some uh, fermenters. Uh, I believe Brewbus got my mash ton for their nice, pilot batches. They? Okay. Um, my bright tank went somewhere else, and then uh, <laughs> a couple other pieces of equipment I just sold last night are up in the Brevard area. So a little bit of our old brew system is is spread out throughout Florida, which is kind of cool. So I would say in this city, and not putting the city down at all, trust me, they, everybody's drinking beer here, I'm sure. Uh, it's hot in Florida. But we're looking at what? We say a Bud Light community, right? That this could be a Bud Light Initially, community. Initially. Yeah, I think it's slowly changing. There you go. Um, do you feel good about that? Like, that has to feel really good. Here we are by the water, and you're coming in saying, here, I have this. You, you drink all day long. You guys love your beer here, but I got something that's going to taste different, that's going to look different, oh, that's yeah. going to feel different on the mouth. Um, how is that happening? Like, how is that working for you? Is it? Uh, it's, it's, it's really been awesome to watch. I remember, I think we were only open about six months. I don't think we were open a year yet. And somebody, one of the customers said, Pete, you should be a preacher. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, you're converting a lot of people. Yes. And I said, hallelujah. Put it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and I was, a, I was an elementary school teacher for 12 years. So I think the education part of it really was a challenge that I, I, I looked forward to. Um, because they, you know, I think I, I told you the story earlier off the air when we brewed our 100th batch called Ignorant Bastards because mm -hmm. they said those ignorant bastards won't last two months in this Bud Light town. And we've now brewed well over 200 batches. That's amazing. And, uh, we've grown, I mean, tripled our production, moved to a bigger location. And I feel like we're just starting out. So I think mm. the, the, the people who will give craft beer a try the first time, you, will, you know, as a brewer, you always want that gateway beer. Something light, something familiar, but something better. Yes. And as soon as you get them to bite on that, they'll 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 take the next step and try something else. I've I've really enjoyed watching some of the you know the older customers. So when I say older, maybe baby boomers, they'll come in. What's the lightest beer you have? I'll start with that. Blah, Always blah. the first question. Three or four months later, I look over. I'm like, look at you. You have a porter in front of yeah. you. Yeah. You know what's happening to you? They're like, you've ruined me. You've ruined me. <laughs> I can't drink that crap beer anymore, you know? Um, that's the fun part, knowing that yeah. all of us little breweries all over the country, we're just chipping away. And I know the big boys are not wanting to hear that, or but they realize it. They're we're realizing just, it. We're chipping yep. away, like you said earlier, the hard work, the long hours. So anybody out there wanting to open a brewery, just give up on sleeping mm -hmm. in your uh, social life. Yep. And or, pursue your dream. Or do a podcast about it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, sleep. Um, <laughs> it's we'll overrated. Get into, yeah, right. 
When we get into a porter, we're going to talk about a porter uh, coming up soon. But let's get back into home brewing. Okay. What was the state? Where was the first place that you home brewed? I guess you... San Diego for San me. San Diego. Okay. Yeah. A chemist neighbor of mine came over one day. I was in my early 20s. And he said, Pete, I want you to drink this beer. I go, what's so special about this beer? And he goes, I made it. I heard angels singing. I said, you can make beer. Yeah. This was back in about 92 or 93. Okay. So it was still early. Oh, yeah. So wait, still early how old were you in your mid-20s? 20, 22. 22? Yeah. All right. I graduated high school in 93. So, all right, oh, okay. so Yeah. So, okay. We're, so, we're yeah. Close. And uh, so anyway, I just, I said, you have to show me. You have to show me. And so he loaned me his homebrew equipment. I made a couple batches, bought my own, uh, and just kind of ran with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, my wife and I on gloomy days were like, oh, let's brew some beer. And so we, it, it was just something fun to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we would just share it with whoever came over. So um, do you remember your first uh, homebrew? Do you remember the what it was? I don't remember the first one, but I remember the second one was a raspberry pale ale. Okay. And so you were sticking fruit in there. Extract, obviously. I'm it, sure was it was an extract. extract. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was inspired by, I want to say, Black Dog Brewing in Montana. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was Black Dog or Black Lab Brewing. Okay. And they had a raspberry pale ale, and I never had beer with fruit in it. Okay. Uh, and I was blown away. And, of course, you know, when I told people, here, try this, they're like, what? Yeah. What? Raspberry and beer? But they loved it. They loved it. So that was, uh, the first one was probably just some basic pale ale. Yeah. But uh, after that, it just, uh, you know, I just ran with it. Just and, ran with it. Uh, love for Montana. Uh, you have mo- love for Montana. Live, have you li- did you live there or? Well, living in Spokane, Washington, uh, Montana was just across Idaho. Oh, so right. we'd take, you know, extended vacations or like weekends. We'd just maybe do a three or four day run over there. We'd go into Missoula. Uh, just change of scenery. I mean, is it's that, all still. Is that absurd. where the tin came from? From Big Sky. Uh, Big you, Sky Brewing yeah, in Missoula. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Um, again, I told you earlier that's that was our snowboard beer. <laughs> when you're up on the mountain, yeah. if you can get some moose drool, you know moose the rest drool. of the day is going to work out. Or if you end your day with it, <laughs> the evening will work out. Yeah. <laughs> so one way or the other. So and Lee, you had started homebrewing yeah. in Lauderdale, which to me that is so Lauderdale. pioneering. Yeah, that, that really is. Actually, it got is. turned on. To it by friends in Tallahassee who, when we were talking one week, said, yeah, we're brewing beer in the bathtub. And I'm going, you're brewing your own beer. And craft beer was non-existent in Florida then. Uh, and he had the advantage of having the beginnings of craft beer out west. So um, I was an English beer fan, so I, okay. we went up to visit for uh, some party. There's always a party up in Tallahassee. And he took me to the craft beer or the homebrew store. I bought a kit, bought you know the, all the equipment, took it home with me. I think it was uh, just an English bitter, and um, just strictly uh, um, extract, and brewed it, and it wasn't what I expected. Okay. So I was disappointed. Yeah. It, but didn't stop me from bottling it and uh, taking it into work, and giving out bottles for people to take home. And um, I knew I was on to something, even if it wasn't what I expected. Uh, and were the notes positive? Did people give you positive notes? or One of the uh, girls I had given a bottle to said, my boyfriend loves your beer. <laughs> Can we have more? And I'm going, I thought you were going to drink it. She goes, oh, I did drink it. But it had some alcohol in it. 
And I was a very willing participant last night. He even named it for you. Leg splitter. Wow. So there's a, there's a great beer name for a home brewer. Right? I, brewed, I brewed a lot of extracts, and then I stopped for a little while when my dad was living with me and we were taking care of him. And when we moved up here, I said, I want to get to brewing again, but I don't want to do extract beers. Right. So I, even though it was a mail order house over in Orlando, I went over and got all my ingredients. They had a great recipe for an English ESB. And I came home, and that first batch, I remember I... I said, I'm not going to bottle either. We're just going to keg. Built the kegerator, got the kegs, and the wife and I are sitting on our front porch, and she's sipping it, and she goes, as long as you keep making beer this good, keep making it. Mm -hmm. So I got back into it and found some other people that also brewed beer, and we got together, and some new guys wanted to learn, and so we had a party um, actually out at the airport where the, um, where the, the parachute jump zone is. Okay. And uh, we had five people brewing, three of them knew. Okay, yeah. And it turned out awesome. And that was the birth of the homebrew club. Somebody said, we ought to have a club, and said, what should we call it? Well, two of the three new brewers, and one of the old ones, not me, boiled over. And I said, why don't we call ourselves the Boil Over Boys? I love when you said that, the, the Boil Over Boys. I was like, that is a name right there. Oh, that's such a good name. How many people, how many, uh, how many brewers in that right now, or that um, you could think off of the we top have here. probably 15 active brewers right now. Okay. When we go to a festival, we're going to some uh, later this uh, year. We usually have 12 to 15 different beers on tap for people to try. That's awesome. Yeah. That is unbelievable. When they first started coming into the pub before I really knew all of them, I think there's about four of you. Yeah. That's so it's crazy. been fun to watch. And different uh, ages now. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, There's some young guys coming in yeah. and some There's older guys. There's two of us in my age group. Uh, okay. Then there's um, some that are in their 40s, and there's a couple in their 20s and 30s now. And more people just keep coming up to festivals or here at the pub or when we're doing our, our examples and going, I'm interested in brewing. Yeah. Um, I still love, uh, I, I still really enjoy when somebody comes in saying, Pete, I just made a new beer. Oh, and so they're good. new yeah. home brewers. They're so excited. Love it's, that. It, uh, it's just infectious. I remember back when I was young, and each beer was like this. It still is. It's a discovery. It's like, what's this going to come out to be like? And for them to be brand new at it, and you know, I got to you know just taste it, give them a couple positive notes, and that just makes them want to go brew yeah, more and beer. Yeah, I think you want to be that person to be able to give the notes too. You know, like right. you want to say. Hey, you could be doing this and you could be doing that. As long as they're accepted, like bring it, then yeah. I think it's yeah. The, the only way you're gonna learn is by there's gonna be a lot of fuck ups. You are, you are. Oh, you yeah. cannot make the best beer ever oh, yeah. on your first, second, <laughs> no third, way. tenth, twelfth. But <laughs> give it time, and and I, you know, uh, I I'm more and more thinking about it. Space in the house? No, that's not gonna happen. I've been very <laughs> lucky to brew with breweries or just learning from them. And I love it. I love it. I didn't expect this ever, and it's been so much fun. It really has. It's addictive once yeah. you get into it. Yeah. It's a I love science. Slope. Yeah. I love the science of it. I love the, the, the taste of it. I love the feel of it. Uh, the conversations you're having while brewing, the music you're listening to while you're brewing. It's awesome. It's awesome. So if I'm walking in right now, it's about 9 o'clock on a Thursday night. What music am I hearing when I come in? Like, what, are, what is some of the stuff that... Depends on who's behind the bar, or is it just... It does. Okay. Uh, 
all the, you know, depending on which staff, which servers are here, they all have kind of their own flavor. Yep. Uh, we don't generally have rap, um, but I mean, it's not unusual for a mix to be playing, you know, a Johnny Cash song and maybe uh, some electronica, the next song. Yeah. Uh, blues, reggae, we pretty much run the gamut. I just, yeah, sitting here setting up, Father John Misty was on for off the Fear Fun record, and then UB40 came on that I had to sing along because <laughs> I remember when I turned 40, the wife, the first thing she said is like, oh, guess what, UB40. And I was like, I wonder if that's why they have the name. Uh, now I be 43. But, uh, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I like, and I, I remember people even at our old place, uh, I remember this one woman walking out on her way out the door. She leans over, she goes, you guys play the best music yes. of anyone around here. And it's important. It's, it's so important cool. for the experience. Mm -hmm. um, and we try to mix it up because we do have such a diverse group of people coming in. Yes. And if, if it's not live music, live music, we try to get eclectic music. Uh, it's not unusual to have banjos and ukuleles. One, nice. one weekend and the next weekend you'll have maybe a solo guitar player who's just doing all these real obscure covers that you have not heard forever and they're doing it their own way to jam bands where every song is like 20 minutes oh, uh, so nice. you know of course yeah. a grateful dead uh cover type music um so we do we try to we try to bring in we try to bring in as as much variety as we can somehow we got on some list from north carolina so when the north carolina musicians are coming through they'll reach out to us Hey, we're passing through your area. Can we can we get a gig? And nice, yeah, hell yeah. We'll we'll even create a midweek. We, usually, music's only Friday or Saturday for us. But if if they're in town, like, hey, we'll feed you. We'll give you free beer and we'll give you some money. Just and you can even park your RV in the parking lot. So we jokingly said Paradoia is a campground there for a while because okay, we yeah. on any given weekend there's some musician in a in an RV or a van out back. I love North Carolina music. Uh, Chapel Hill, 90s Chapel Hill, of mm -hmm. what kind of started my alternative greatness of like Super Chunk, Arches of Love, oh, yeah. Ben Folds. Oh, I loved it up there. All right. Somewhere at the halfway point, I'm not looking at the time because this has been an amazing conversation, but I have a feeling we're over the 30, so let's, let's start talking beers. Let's start talking beers. Um, All right. Should I start from one to four or should I do the slow Whichever paddle? way you want to go. Uh -oh. I know most people say, oh, start with your light beers and go dark. Yeah. And I'm like, that's I too don't. rigid. Yeah, I say go with whatever feels right, right. and work one. your way back. Slow paddle. Slow paddle porter, that's uh, definitely one of our flagship beers. Okay. Uh, when we added some fresh locally roasted coffee to that in 2016, mm -hmm. we won the gold medal at the best Florida there beer competition. Yeah, and what was that one called? The that was Wahoo, Wahoo Coffee Porter. Okay. Yes. Uh, the, co the coffee company was out of Cocoa Beach and they roasted the, the beans for us. So the slow paddle is that same base beer without the coffee added. And why are we slow paddling? What the name? Uh, like I, on the inlet, people uh, take their time. Well, if you, it's it's dark. You can somewhat see through it in the light. Yeah, I know. I'm going like this. And it, like it's somewhat uh, somewhat dark and reddish in a way, and yes. it reminds me of the just the freshwater paddles in Florida. If you go canoeing or kayaking, pretty much anywhere away from the coast in Florida. That's good. And usually when you're doing a freshwater paddle inland Florida, you're not, you don't really have a destination. Okay, you're just yep. kind of slow just paddling slow. and it. taking it in, enjoying nature. Uh, so that's where the slow paddle came from. So best beer Florida, 2016. 
uh, for the Porter category. Yeah. How uh, cool was that? It was huge. Huge, right? <laughs> it was so, huge. We uh, only entered two beers that okay. year. Uh, we so. always kind of talk about this. We talk about, all right, so you have the silver, the bronze, the gold. Um, let's talk about this because we never really get into what it's like to enter, uh, what the process is like, what the judging is like, and then what winning is like. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when does one start to uh, submit their beers to this festival or this uh, Actually, festival, uh, the deadline for this year uh, is uh, January 31st. Yep, so right now... I'm actually probably Wednesday going to drive over my, my submissions for this year. Um, uh, are we allowed to give that away, or do you want to wait till? Uh, we'll wait. Okay. We'll wait. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm only entering five beers this okay. year. I guess the cap is ten. Um, so you basically pick what do you think has a chance and what category. Really, the hardest part initially is what category are you going to submit a beer to? You have to know. You would think that would be easy, but there's so many variations there now. Uh, if you just add any fruit or vegetable it's now a field beer mm -hmm. it's like oh okay um so that's Which a huge a category lot of field, yeah that's field a, beers are a lot of field yeah. beers out yeah, there and of course happen. the ipa uh category is always just overwhelming um but we're sending a variety out this year okay good um but yeah when i got the email uh that year we entered and i'd only entered maybe as a home brewer, I think I only entered two competitions yeah. in all those years. Really? Yeah. Didn't Just win anything. Nerving. Were you not a... Okay, so let's think about this. You don't do investors. It's you and Lynn. Right. So you're not entering to impress any investors to be like... Look no. at my 12 medals I've got in my homebrew competitions. No, you know, this was, is you just like, oh, let's try send it, it in. Yeah, that's yeah. really what it was like. Uh, talk to some other brewers. They're like, we enter every year. I go, really? Every year? Because you have to pay some money for it. Yeah. And we just never really thought of it as a competition. It was more like, hey, if we make good beer, our friends will drink it. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll drink it. So uh, <clears throat> it was just, let's try it. So we shot the two beers out, and one of them ended up getting the gold. The gold. I was ecstatic. I mean, I didn't know I got the gold. They just said, you want a medal. I'm like, all right, well, hey, <laughs> even if I get a bronze, that's pretty cool yeah. knowing we're brewing in a 10 by 10 room. Yeah. And nobody knows who we are because we're in this little town mm -hmm. in Sebastian. And as a matter of fact, when we were over at the Brewers Ball for the awards, when they called, you know, the bronze and the silver, I knew right then Shit, they didn't call so us. Good. We had to get the gold. And I guess there was a we didn't have a big posse. There was uh, Jim from the home brew mm -hmm, store, mm -hmm. Jim and his wife and me and Lynn. That was it. That was our posse. <laughs> Some breweries are there with like, you know, entire entourages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're there and they call our name. And apparently there was a mad rush over to our keg because nobody knew who we were. And we right. just won the gold. So. Um, that was really pretty cool and not to brag it was just you know again it was an experience uh, one of the judges pulled me aside and he goes I just wanted you to know that you actually were still on the table in the final round for best overall he said I just thought you'd want to know that so that was pretty that was even almost Whoa. bigger than two getting a gold two beers you're bringing to the, to the party and one of them almost made almost made that final cut to be the best overall so man. i don't know how many were still on that table but he wanted me to know you were still on the table during Think that final judging. how many beers are are submitted to that oh I yeah mean, florida as it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger like we have a job for the next few years like what else is going to keep doing this right you, yeah and you've got a career path ahead of you that's what, <laughs> well get ready because yeah we've uh Good news. Good news on the horizon. Um, but, okay, so you win with Coffee Porter. 
Mm-hmm. Let's give a shout out. Uh, the coffee. Who did you use as your coffee? Wahoo Coffee. Uh, oh, so that's Cocoa why it was called. Beach. Okay. Yeah. So Wahoo. So, that makes yeah. sense. Sometimes our names of our beers are real, real deep. <laughs> Let's call it after the coffee company. Uh, so of course they were excited because they were a mom and pop uh, coffee right. roaster, and yeah. so I contacted them. Hey, that beer that we had your coffee and won a gold medal. They were, they were telling everybody. So it was pretty fun. I love that. Cool. Good. And yeah, so uh, when you're about to make a beer. Is it the name that comes first, or is it just we make the beer and go, all right, let's just see what name we can come up with? Yeah, it's pretty much uh, come up with a recipe, and then, I mean, I, I keep on my phone all kinds of beer names because mm-hmm. it's kind of fun, you know. Uh, oh, it's just become a thing. I'm sure everybody else does it, too. That would be a great beer name. Yes, of so, course, yeah. Uh, even us. <coughs> I mean, we don't even yeah. really make beer. And, and Pete spoils everybody yeah. because we did have the, uh, the, the Dead Wrestler series. Oh, oh yeah, we did a giant. whole series of dead wrestlers. And everybody keeps asking, when are you going to come back with the dead wrestlers? Yeah, when are you going to come back with the dead wrestlers? <laughs> so let's think. We had, if you could make anything with Brian Pillman, he was one of my favorite wrestlers. He was one of the dirtier wrestlers of WCW, WWF. But, um, okay, so Macho Man had to be in there. Uh, uh, well, we had Randy Savage right. yeah, with so our Macho Warrior had IPA. Okay. We had uh, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, yeah. free male. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, we had Andre the Giant, Strong Ale. Okay. And Shit. who was the other one? We Oh, uh, uh, the Scottish. Uh, who, the huh. who was the Scottish one? He was wrestling his kilt. Oh, uh, Rowdy Roddy. Rowdy yeah, Roddy. Oh, yeah, uh, we had a Rowdy yeah, Roddy Red Rye. Yeah, oh, so, nice, okay. So that was our Dead Wrestler series, so that was kind of fun. Well, guess what we're going to go into then? The Rippin' Red? All right, yeah, the Rippin' Red. He was wearing red all the time, there you and go. that kilt, and yellow and red, and black. So, okay. I think that the Rippin' Red Rye actually was a derivative of the initial uh, the, recipe I knew it. I, of okay, the Rowdy good. Roddy. Yeah. So uh, that's, you know, it's kind of, that's a nice crossover beer. It's, it's got enough hops for your IPA folks. Okay. People who like rye beers. And if you like your malt, you got the amber in there as well. Love that malt. That's one of our best sellers. a little spicy note from the rye. Yeah. That's definitely one of our best selling beers because it does cross so many people's uh, taste preferences. Yeah, you got that. Mm. Yeah, we do get a clamor when uh, we're out. I know, yeah, so I was going to come give them. Oh, so this is a, uh, I haven't tasted that That's a yet. bonus one we threw in the flight. Though, yeah. That's a Zambalanga. Oh, it is? Zambalanga okay. Pale Ale. The, uh, the 32958. One day I will get this. Or uh, as the locals right. call it, the and zip the code here. Um, okay, and then the rye I'll hand you, the ripping red. Uh, so, yeah, so then let's get into the bonus because the name, where'd the name for this one come <laughs> up from? Uh, the only thing I know is Philippines. You're so, right. You're okay. right. Okay. okay. I actually Googled fishing villages because Sebastian is known as a fishing village. Okay, right. And I came across that name, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's such a great name for a beer. Zamboanga. Zamboanga. And, but uh, I saw that. It's a pale ale, correct? This it's is a pale, pale ale. ale. Yep. Uh, Biggest selling pale ale? Or? Um, I wouldn't say it's our biggest selling okay. but we we did serve that at two festivals and that was the first keg to go at two festivals mm. so i've brewed that a couple times now so i kind of go off feedback of what i get okay. but here's a quick little story there you go buddy uh, ran into a guy this is kind of a roundabout story he looked like ben franklin okay <laughs> turns out he is a ben franklin impersonator on his off time and he tells jokes i'm like you have to come into our open mic and come at, come dressed as ben yeah, franklin you- and tell jokes because Nobody around here is going to even understand what you're doing, and I think it's awesome. 
he's sitting at the bar the first night he comes in he goes Zamboanga I've been there I dated a girl from Zamboanga. He starts describing the whole road and where it is and it's where the fishing factory is or whatever, the processing. I mean, I'm like, I'm sitting here listening to a guy who looks like Ben Franklin talk about (laughs) this random fishing village that I named a beer off of that I found on Google. And I was like, like you had said earlier about, oh, you know, sometimes things line up. I'm like, this is as good as it gets right here. Yeah, I love that. And really, that's when it comes to beer... Uh, I've been in film. I've done music. Shit, what else have I done? I've done a lot. Uh, but with beer, when it comes to all things lining up, there's nothing like it. I've only been doing beer now for, what, 13, 14 months, and, which still shocks people when they listen. Uh, but it comes down to, we mentioned uh, Willy Wonka being Asheville's Sierra Nevada. You said you, you compared that oh, to like, yeah, Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah, Willy Wonka's chocolate. I love being Charlie coming into a a Willy Wonka, like a a chocolate factory. I love this. And I still learn every day. Um, The word snob, we've tried to eliminate as much as we can to its geekage. It's honoring the beer. It's a craft. We can't snob away from from being craft. We, We have to be geeks. We have to embrace it. And every time I come into a brewery, I just get gaga. I love touching everything, learning everything. Okay, don't touch inside the tanks. But you know, I love just feeling the vibe of it. And uh, you learn just so much. You learn, it's just, I love this. I the love history this. of beer is And it's is wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I even talked about putting a timeline up along our chair rail of all the major, hist- I haven't done it yet, but I would love to, Dude, all the major rad. human events in history. That it's happened. That had attached to beer. So how many, okay, so I'm looking at <coughs> 12 stools facing the, the, the taps and the, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, 12 and then two on the end. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So you have to think of 14 milestones. Oh, easy. That's, easy. that's so easy. crazy easy, right? Oh, yeah. that, that, oh, I think yeah. you would only like, you wouldn't even get into the 2000s at all. No, 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 no not at all. I mean, you, you can, think of how many styles. Oh, just, just, yeah, just major events. I mean, when Napoleon would go and invade, he would go to the monasteries and grab the beer first because it was a source of revenue and he would give the beer to his troops. So if my memory serves correctly, that was one of the reasons a lot of the monks ended up migrating to Belgium. They got, oh, okay. They got tired of being invaded uh, and taken over. And That's so crazy. Yeah, so there, there's a whole series right there of, of historical events that were changed because of beer. So. I hear clicking back there. You, you should be typing like, okay, now we got Pete for his own show and uh, like beer history with Pete. Oh, my God. This is, that'd be awesome. Oh, you yeah. should definitely think about well, that. Well, my favorite... My f- Oh, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite historical story is the Mayflower and the Pilgrims. You guys probably had heard that one. It's pretty well known. But they came over with X amount of beer and X amount of water. Mm -hmm. And they got into that argument offshore. Like, you know what? We're putting you in here because we don't have enough beer to go take the crew back. And so, you know, heated heated exchange happened. But the captain kicked the Pilgrims to the curb at Plymouth Rock and said... We're not going back without beer. You that's, guys are getting off right here. That's all. That's awesome. Like <laughs> beer, if we think about beer, I mean, it's kind of always been there. Always and everybody's there. always wanted it. Let's talk how many times it. over like medieval England and that area where the beer was actually safer to drink than the water. Oh, absolutely. Oh. And not to mention almost the, all the, the countries. Yeah. Yeah, all countries. Yeah. Do you guys know what an ale sitter is? No. I don't know if you've heard this historical tidbit. Apparently. William Shakespeare's dad was an ale sitter. He wore leather pants 
and ale was a form of tax payment. Mm -hmm. He would go into a public house, he would get a, a glass of their best beer, he would pour it on the wooden bench, and he would sit in it till it dried. And of course, I'm sure he was drinking while he was waiting for his, his pa pants, pants to dry. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how hard it was for him to get up off the wooden bench was what quality the beer was. Get out, really? So if it was really hard for him to get up off the bench, that was good quality ale, and they had to pay less of in quantity for their taxes to meet their demand when or you their said, requirement. When you said depending, I was expecting this. So this was going to be the birth of Depends diapers because he's sitting <laughs> in it. I was like, here we go, Depends. We have yet to see no a Depends <laughs> commercial with beer in it. I think somebody needs to write that commercial. So, oh, yeah, Shakespeare's dad sat in beer for a living. That is so crazy. That's really funny. What's that? The weirdest things were taxed back then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still are. Still yeah, are. I found out that why so many Victorian homes, I found this out last night, have those windows that go all the way down to the floor is because they were taxed per door. Ah. Like, you know, they, they went to like an inch above. So you could still walk through. So you could open them up and walk through them. Yeah, it's insane. There's always a workaround, right? Mm -hmm. There's always a workaround. Always. All right. Let's get into the fourth one, the last one. Uh, which one am I trying here? This is the Barrier Island Blonde. Okay. And is, is there a Barrier Island? Yeah, the there Barrier is. Islands uh, basically separate the Indian River Lagoon from the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. And the Barrier Island on the central Florida coast here is one of the longest in the world. Okay. And uh, so wherever the inlets are, you've got salt water coming in during high tide and mixing with the fresh water. So anywhere around the barrier islands where there's an inlet, you've got brackish water. What time is, uh, what time is high tide? Do you know usually what time high tide is? It, it changes. We'll sprinkle some salt in there. Be oh, like, there so the, the beer changes with the tides. <laughs> no, this is a phenomenal beer. This is awesome. That's a nice, light, refreshing beer. That's kind of a gateway beer for folks who are, as Lee, Lee referred to, fizzy yellow beer drinkers. Uh, it's familiar, but it's it's just got a little bit more flavor than they're used to. So once we get them hooked on that, it's just a short hop to... Hop. Uh, to dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's just a short hop to an IPA. There you go. <laughs> and have we uh, have we changed anybody's uh, perception from going into these lighters to the IPAs? Like, has somebody gone, okay, like, I could drink this all day long? Uh, like, Oh, yeah, the New England IPA has just been phenomenal. It's, uh, it's turned people on to beer who normally wouldn't even drink beer because the hop flavor's there, the aroma's there. Mm -hmm. I mean, who wouldn't like those two things? And then without the bitter... Um, it just changes their perception of really what craft beer is. They all assume it's either really bitter or really roasty. Yeah. They think it's either a stout or a hop bomb. And by giving them, you know, something like a blonde ale or a pale ale or an ESB or a scotch ale, um, they, they start to figure out craft beer, you can't just categorize it. It's, uh, yeah. it's everything. Mm -hmm. It's everything and then things you didn't imagine it to be. So I like the, when you talk about the New England beers because the styles of the IPAs, because you are uh, from the West Coast. Correct. So more traditional, a lot more traditional. Um, Real hop forward. Yeah. And then yeah. coming over here, uh, it's happening on the East Coast a lot more than it ever will on the West Coast, obviously. Uh, and you're very accepting to it. And I think that's awesome that you weren't coming in from the West Coast going, oh, fuck that. We're not going to do that here. Like, that's, that's not what we do here. Uh, and you're right. I think it just come, comes down to also everybody sitting down 
enjoying a beer and what's on what they would want and at the end of the day that's all that matters is uh just just getting you know our our kind of our unofficial motto and i hope i'm not infringing somebody's copyright it's just more good beer to more good people Mm -hmm. and being the only brewery in town that was kind of our really our motivation let's just make more good beer for these people they didn't have access to it yeah you're in that spot to do that like that could be very intimidating scary but you guys are making it it seems like you're making it easy you know it just these are really enjoyable crushable beers that on a wednesday night hell yeah i want to be here instead of you know i'm going to bring a six pack home from 7-eleven what no (laughs) i honestly you're going to come here and, and 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 you have a lot on tap which i think is amazing I love this place. All right, let's round third. Uh, Let's talk about the future. And it's hard to talk about the future because we just moved in here. But uh, let's talk about the future. Uh, Any any kind of distribution more coming up? Uh, I know we have bigger bigger space now. But what what are you looking for into 2018? Uh, Definitely going to increase our uh, distribution uh, volume. Uh, You know, our prior location was just a three barrel brew system. It was all we could do to keep up with in-house. Uh, we moved up to a five barrel, but we've 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 got a lot more fermentation space now. So, my my opinion has been it's not the size of the brew house; it's how much fermentation you have. Uh, you can brew a lot of beer on a small system if you've got tanks. And uh, so we're we're going to be pushing our distribution up to uh, thirty or forty percent of our total production. Um, Holy cow! Good. I, I mean, I still love the tap rooms. I, I, that is home to me right. but home is home and, and that's our, our main in. focus is yeah. is keeping home uh flush with beer uh we when we looked at expanding we did consider going to a production brewery we had a place picked out five thousand square feet big loading dock close to i-95 we even had a party there in anticipation that we were going to move in there and ultimately we realized that uh one it was going to be really expensive far more than our our limited capital would allow unless we brought investors on. And uh, the second thing, and it's not to knock production breweries, I, I think what they do is awesome. I didn't want to be a factory worker. Right. And talking to some people who have come from big production breweries, uh, Uinta comes to mind. Uh, talk to a gentleman who worked at Uinta when they started to where they are now. And right. when they got taken over and expanded, they all referred to it as the plant. <laughs> But as right, in, right. well, we have a meeting at the plant yeah. today, or yeah. oh, I can't work, I can't go to your party tonight. I've got to work at the plant. Ugh. And I thought, wow, what a loss of soul. Yeah. Um, to me, it's just more important. And another friend of mine is a brewer. Uh, had a great, great insight. He said, the further away you get from a brew kettle, the more it's going to feel like a job. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so, and I get I, that from you guys as brewers. You want it to be the craft. You want it to be the passion. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. there are days we walk in. I know it's a brew day just because of the schedule, but, uh, and Lee will laugh because he, he likes to plan more than I do. He'll walk in and I'll walk in and he's like, well, so we're brewing this today. I go, no, I woke up this morning thinking of a new recipe. Let's go see if we have what we need to make it. And that, that 10, 15 minutes at the start of our day, I'm working on a recipe while Dude, the water's heating up. That freedom is great. It is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very, uh, I don't know, it's, it's empowering that, hey, I don't have to brew a core beer today. I feel like making something I've never brewed before. Yeah. 
and just see what happens. And so on a smaller scale, yes, we did grow, but we're still a, a microbrewery. And uh, we can expand if, uh, if we purchase the building next year, we certainly have room to add on to fermentation. Purchasing the building, Purchasing. how cool is that? It's pretty awesome. It is, right? Yeah, a historical building like this, you will own. Yeah, oh yeah. And that is crazy to me. It, it's, it's crazy to us, really. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, going yeah. back to when my wife and I came up with the idea sitting on our back porch, you know, looking at clouds and pareidolia, and to now it's, uh, you know, we both quit our day jobs. We're all in at this point in the community. The reception we've had from the community has been incredible. Love that. And watching all around the state of Florida just take off uh, in such a short period of time, it's, uh, it's really humbling to be a part of that. Yeah. It really is. is uh, so probably final question then. Uh, is there a favorite pareidolia image that you have in your mind? Is there one that you would be like, that you see and go, oh, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. Because there's so many out there. Oh, there are so many. Um, Quick story on that. I, I brought a picture uh, to the pub one day, and I showed it to everybody sitting in the pub in our old location. And I said, who do you see in this picture? Oh. And I got Charles Manson, Jesus, Kenny Loggins. Oh, same person. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there were some other, you know, classic characters. Everybody saw somebody. And at, at the end of it, everybody's like, okay, Pete, who is that? And I said, it's not who is it, it's what is it. And I, I expanded the picture on my computer. It was bird shit. It was bird shit on my back porch, and everybody <laughs> swore it was a black and white portrait of someone famous. So and good. I said, that, ladies and gentlemen, is pareidolia. That's it? That, that was my favorite picture. That's honestly. awesome. That is such a good story. Yeah. And we didn't even get into the fact that we're in a poetry book from a, a guy in England found us online. He, he sent me a, a Facebook message saying, I'm writing a book of poems about pareidolia in beer foam. And I'm like, you're shitting me. What does this guy want from me? Right. And it was true. He sent me a, pic, a, a rough copy of it, and it's now available on Amazon Books. He wrote a whole book of poems about pareidolia. In, beer, in foam. beer foam, and we got a whole chapter. So we were taking pictures of our beer with the name and, <laughs> and emailing it to him in England. Long story short, we also got a Skype thing going where he did some poetry reading in the pub from England wearing our Pareidolia shirt. Oh, that's so cool. So that was pretty awesome. That so, is really cool. What's the name of the book? Uh, it's uh, Telephone Hearts and Love Something. I can't remember off the top of it. It's a really, really, really separate he, from what it is. Oh, but. yeah. No, he is, he is a, he's a classic character. I looked him up. He goes to fairs out in England and... He turns a bicycle upside down and puts words in the spokes and has people come up and spin the pedal. Oh, that's really and cool. wherever it stops, he'll make them a poem. Oh, that's right. I so, like that. Yeah. That's so Just cool. He wrote a book about it. Yeah, interesting guy. So. Anybody ever get any, uh, any, any images in the beer foam here? Oh, all the time. All the oh, time. Yeah. They want to oh, say yeah. they have one. Yeah. It's yeah. not unusual to see people no. stay, you know, leaning over their beer with their camera or their phone taking pictures. So. Love it. Yeah. I have Geico Gecko in mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, really. It's That's such really an interactive cool. thing, too. Pareidolia is way bigger than we are, and because all humans do it, it's, it's, it's way bigger than we are, you know, the man on the moon, uh, mm -hmm. you know, religious figures, whatever. It, and we, a lot of the pictures you see up here were actually uh, sent to us from customers from all over the world. Awesome. They awesome. see something Pareidolia and they think of us. I love it. I, so. it when, I remember hearing the name at 1010 and I went, 
oh, you got to be kidding me, man. This is the coolest name of a brewery. I was like, this is so <laughs> rad. Because I love it. I love doing that. I love just seeing images and things. Again, there's makes, nothing serious yeah. about it. It's no, just fun. It's fun. It's just fun. It's fun. Uh, this has been fun. This has been awesome. It's you been guys. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to come back because it's off the water, crushable beers when it gets hotter. This is where I'm going to be. So this is like a home. But guys, thank you. I'm thank you very much. You Absolutely. Yes. Appreciate you guys coming and all the way over here. Closing from me. Uh, yes. big, big, bigger things are coming. Uh, we hope in the next uh, week, 10 days to have our deck finished so people can sit outside with their dogs. Oh, yeah. We are pet friendly. Right, the yeah. Look at the water. And then if you notice the big old wooden old building looking across the street, mm -hmm. that's the second historical building on this block now. That's the original Sebastian train station. And it's going to be turned what? into shops. And Built so we're going to have a lot Flagler of traffic. We're going to have a lot of really? traffic here. Built yeah. by Henry Flagler in the late, late 1800s. 1800s and yeah. it was relocated. It went all the way down to Fort Pierce. They were going yeah. to get rid of it. And our landlord said, hey, if I, if I come get it, can we have it? And he said, Pete, I want your ad advice. If I install this thing, I want to put it across from the brewery. I'm like, get it. Yeah. Get that thing. Yeah. And so we're going to have yeah. a cool old train station across from the cool old post office. That's so rad. So I love it, man. We're creating our own historic Good. downtown. Yeah, so. as, as it should be here. You know, the times they are changing. They so. are. Thank you for promoting Dude. Florida beer, you guys. Uh, I, I every really day. appreciate the opportunity. Every day. 2018, we're going to make this the people are going to be flying in flying into Florida just to try the beer alone. And we believe that Too cool. we deserve that. Cheers so, to you. Absolutely. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank all you right, very much. I'll have to go do the outro. And uh, all right, guys, thanks. All right. That just happened. That was awesome. Right? Okay, so why do I feel like it is a it's like something out of a movie where it, okay, American Werewolf in London, we kind of just walk into the mm -hmm. only bar that, or like okay, like in in a small little place and it's just like it's the coolest shit ever. It's so rad. The I I'm really excited uh dear listeners for uh this this coming year, in, in 2018, uh, you're going to see a lot more uh, video-based content, and it's days like today that make us super excited for it because that place looked cool as shit. It was so awesome. It's a bar, I mean, and without it, it, without sounding, you know, super esoteric or like like a hipster, where it's like, oh yeah, it's this brewery that's in this old post office, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's the it was the original post office building here in Sebastian. Yeah, and is is now home. It's been home to a few things over the years, and it's now home to Paradolia Brewing Company. Uh, it's so so cool looking inside, and then with what they've done with the place, and it's really an escape from the world outside. You know, there's you know, just the double doors going in and out, but Apart from some of the, there's very little natural light that will come in through those doors unless you're sitting right up front. You, yeah, you have to be sitting at, which was basically, I think, was a, it's like a counter, like a register. Yeah, but there's no register it's where, there. Like the merchant stuff is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you first walk in, but the rest of it is you are in that bar. That bar is your world, and that's okay. The bar is taking you into its arms, and the what they've done with the place is fantastic. The so the name Paradolia. 
Oh, yeah. Now we know. Yeah. Yeah. As we're sitting back exactly where we did the intro, we're sitting now in the outro um, and kind of going back to say, yeah, now you know what it means. And mm-hmm. I think it does come down to when I said like David Lynch does that a lot where what you think is there, there's something maybe deeper, but it doesn't have to be deeper. Maybe it's accidental. No, it's yeah. our brains trying to make sense of things. Yeah. And it's so awesome how our brains do that, how we think that way. And what's great is also the fact that that used to be a post office. Now it's a brewery. Mm-hmm. And it is that. Like our, our, our brains would say that is a po- you walk by, it is a post office. When you walk by, like that bird is doing right now, yep. uh, you would think it's a post office. <laughs> and you the beer is in. delivered directly to you. Yeah. Keeping, yeah. <laughs> yeah. keeping the spirit alive. Um, look, Pete, unbelievable. Unbelievable dude. So wonderful. Uh, what I love about him too was that he's very much like us history buff mm-hmm. and he's so shakespeare's dad shakespeare's Daniel dad Sutter, yeah the, that was so cool god the, their volumes could be written about like just stories that that guy has and like the amount of life lived uh you know <laughs> peter is such a great dude uh you know six five james hetfield looking motherfucker yes, yes uh, massive and yes like used to be an elementary school teacher uh he worked as an insurance adjuster he uh, lived in Denver. He lived in California. Oregon, or- Portland. Yeah, yeah. Spokane. Like, yeah. His and- beer knowledge is fantastic because his palate has tasted so many different beers. Yeah. And I honestly think this man is the perfect person to deliver your first brewery here in Sebastian, mm-hmm. which is a Bud Light town. I, I guarantee in a year we're not going to be calling. I mean, every town could be a Bud Light town, but, uh, you know, these people are willing to try different beers, and it, it's awesome. It is awesome. Shakespeare's yeah. dad. It's <laughs> it was it was so great. Uh, I I cannot wait to go back. The we had we had such a good time. It was it was really really great. I, I yeah. keep saying that, but yeah, it, it was awesome. Yeah, he was such a nice guy. Uh, I learned a lot in this one, and which I always want to do, and I want to. I, I hope you did too. Uh, whoever the listener is, or whoever you sitting next to me is, it's just learn a lot and. Uh, I would like to see him more behind the bar. Uh, we don't know if he is or not, but it, it, if he is down, if he, if you walk in and you see a tall guy there, that's yeah. Pete. <laughs> yeah, six four. He said six four, six, six five. five. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so I definitely want to give them a thanks, uh, guys. And also, if you're coming in in the next few weeks, this will release in January. Uh, come out to the pier, right across the street. Yeah. Right across the street, Beautiful. where the water is. To the sandbars, yeah. barrier islands. What is this know. thing called? Like a yacht club or something like that? This is the, we, the Sebastian we, Yacht Club. Yeah, so we walked over here. It's which a, is a public dock, and it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yes. I took some pictures. And uh, I, I do have to say, guys, uh, if, you ever, awesome. if you ever find yourself in Sebastian, and I hope that sometime soon you find yourself in Sebastian, consider going postal. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, guys, yeah, uh, huge thanks to to Pete Anderson. We love you. That was an awesome interview. Uh, Lee Spitzkoff. Lee, thank you so yeah, much. Thank yeah, thank you. And, hey, thank you for putting your passion and heart into a brewery like that. Yeah. A lot of people don't volunteer their time or really want to. They want to help a brewery out, but they don't want to do the hard work. And uh, he's doing it. And I think it's wonderful that he is. Uh, and also, we want to we don't want to forget that uh, Pete's lovely wife Lynn uh, being part of the team. So yeah. awesome! Uh, everybody that works there, thank you so much, uh, Lando. Thank you. thank you for the drive. Queen, this was a good drive. You. Yeah, this oh, is great. Oh, 
uh, as God's farting into the mic. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, also, huge thanks to Sad Myth. We love you, man. Thank you for doing all the sound editing. That hopefully, I know he's gonna sound this. He's gonna say this sounds rough. We apologize. Uh, sorry, guys. We are right off the water. The Let's end this. Let's end this quick. Uh, Jillian, I love you. Thank you for everything. Laura, a lot I love of you. a lot of good work that you're doing uh, coming up for a lot of the breweries, which. She's nervous, but damn, she's kicking ass. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, on that note, as the wind just stopped, bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week.